why don't we do something different? Why don't we partner with the sellers? So we brainstorm this idea. And, you know, like, how do you create an idea that's never been done before? And I've done it a few times in my career, but that's what we did here. We created something that's never been done. Welcome to the High Voltage Business Builders, a show where we interview people committed to making their next million through passive income using real estate, brokering, e-commerce, and beyond. If you're a passionate business builder yourself, visit VoltageB2B.com to get in touch now. Hey folks, welcome back to the podcast. I'm super excited to bring on this guest today. Don and I have been jamming in the background, uh, talking about financing in the business world, obviously, uh, because we focus on a lot of different angles of business in these podcasts. The one today you should be aware of is we're going to talk about funding, uh, both growth, capital, maybe even startup capital funding opportunities uh, around the uh, Amazon FBA marketplace. We're probably going to focus more on the backside of this, which is what do I do as I'm growing and I need to scale something that's working and I don't necessarily have the capital to take it to the next level. And I'm seeing opportunity, I'm seeing product movement, I'm seeing brand growth. And then the next large container or shipment comes in because the demand says I got to order, you know, an entire container load and you're looking at it going, I don't have 159,332 bucks, um, but I'm selling really well. What do I do? It's a big question that a lot of sellers fail at in the market. So I brought a guest on here today who's going to help um, bring some information to this disinformation and bring some clarity, I think, uh, which is why I invited him to come on here today. Don, welcome to the call, my friend. Thanks, Neil. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to this. We're going to have some fun. So let's break this down. What is it that sellers, like, give me the top three things you see that sellers typically struggle with when it comes to financing growth in their business. I'm going to say probably number one is that they don't understand what's out there. And just about everything out there is the same in with, you know, different wrappings on them. Uh, and they have to be very careful because the biggest mistake I've seen sellers make is uh, signing contracts with lenders for um, revenue-based financing. Are you familiar with revenue-based financing? I'm familiar with the terminology and I can understand the business concept of I made so much in total gross revenues and you're now assessing a percentage against that growth revenue versus margin or net profit, right? Right. So you might be paying on your, your gross revenue. And you might be paying, in most cases, you will be paying more than your profit. In almost all cases, you'll be paying more than your profit. And the goal with revenue, it's, it's, it sounds really good that, hey, you know, you're going to pay less when you do worse. You know, you have a bad month, your payment's going to come down. You have a good month, your payment's going to go up. And it really works well for you. The problem is you're going to take so much money out of your business. You cannot grow your business. Your business will go flat or decline. It's just the way it is. It's really why we started Acrumi because we didn't like what we saw in this industry. So if I might interject, how many of these lenders out here in the world do revenue-based uh, loans for growth? It's the hottest thing right now. So uh, the majority of them you're saying? Mar do yeah, I'm going to say it's 80%. Okay, so 80% of them in the market currently do revenue-based lending. And that almost sounds predatory. That sounds to me a little bit like... <laughs> loan predators in the real estate mortgage business. Am I wrong? You know, I hate to say it that way, but, you know, yeah. Uh, and it's call also called merchant lending. So they're not actually making loans. They charge you a fee. And that fee is paid off over, you know, three months. And if you imagine, imagine taking out a loan for $100,000. Forget the interest and the fees and all that. You're taking a loan out for 100000 And they take it off your, your revenue. And you're, you end up paying it back in three months. Think about that. You just paid $33,000 a month. How are you going to grow? 
You know, uh, you, you, you don't have a $20 million company that you can afford that. You just right. don't. So, so we did all the analysis on everything. And, and I'm going to tell you flat out. And I just had this call with a, a very, very, very large seller who's looking for us to give them money to take out an Amazon, take over an Amazon loan that they have because okay. the payments are just so high. And what, I, I told them flat out with all the analysis we did. We found that from a growth standpoint, the best was Accrumi without question. It was uh, by far the best. And number two came out to be Amazon because it's just a straight term loan. It's what everybody understands. There's no the Amazon lending is what we're referring Amazon to. Amazon right? lending, the, yeah. It normally shows up in your account when you get so many, you know, uh, months or so much revenue right. generation. Exactly. Notice in your account says, "Hey, you want to yeah. lend? You know, this money." Typically, that's not been bad capital from what our it's experience has been. It's not bad cost, right? Yeah, it's not bad. The problem is, again, with the monthly payment, like he took out, if I remember correctly, it was a million six. And so and his monthly payment was, you know, call it one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. You can imagine now he's five months or eight months into the loan. And he, how much money does he have left to grow? He's got nothing. You know, he's he, so he takes out a million six. Now he's got like six hundred thousand dollars left of that money. And every month he's taking $150,000 out of his business to send it to Amazon. He's got no money to grow. And that's his problem. He doesn't have money to grow. So just out of curiosity, in that instance, was it the size of the loan? Was it the terms on the loan? Was it the type of products? Like what ended up sort of ended? Where did the point go? I guess I'm trying to say in which that was no longer really a smart, viable move for him. You're asking a great question. And, and I'm going to jump off the Amazon thing because it doesn't matter. Really, it's just any loan that you do. The number one term. So we, there are three main terms in lending. You have the term of the loan, right? How long are you going to pay it back? Uh, think about a mortgage for 30 years. That's the term. The interest rate and the monthly payment. So when you're trying to grow a business, what's the most important thing? It's the monthly payment. What determines the monthly payment? It's not interest. Most people would say interest is the most important term. It's not. It's got almost nothing to do with it. The term is what drives that payment up. So imagine you took out a $500,000 loan for a house and it's 30 years. Your monthly payment's like $2,300 a month. Not a problem. But now if you took that $500,000 loan out and they, and the term was 10 months, so you have to pay a little over $50,000 a month, you couldn't buy that house. It's the same thing with, with a business. You take a loan out and typically the Amazon loans go from anywhere from seven to 12 months. If, let's just call it 10 months. You take out a million dollar loan, you're taking $100,000 out of your business every month. Right. You, right. you just can't, you can't grow. It's yeah. just the way it is. So the term is key. If the Amazon uh, loans were 10 years, it would be much better because you'd have a mm -hmm. much lower payment. Yeah, but they're smart financing. They know the term is set to their advantage, right? That's why they're giving the money out in the first place. <laughs> exactly. Everything in finance is always set to the lender's advantage. Even when we go out and borrow money, it's always set so that the lender will never lose money. And we changed that dynamic. So we're taking risk along with the borrower, if you will, the seller. Okay, so let's get to that because we understand these other types of... And, and what is there any other types we're missing right now? So there's revenue... Uh, what are the other types in the market that you're seeing right now? You said 80% are revenue-based. or the, the 20% are made up of what? Obviously, Amazon lending. Um, there's cabbage financing. What are the others that sort of use a, a similar style model? Yeah, cabbage model. and all of them are doing the same thing right now with uh, revenue-based. Okay. It, it's very, very hot. But then you okay. also have um, invoice financing, you know, where they're factoring. 
And factoring was always done in um, the garment district in Wall Street uh, in, in New York City because they couldn't get their money fast enough. Amazon's paying sellers every two weeks. It's fast enough. You know, figure it out. Don't pay somebody, you know, a bunch of money on contracts that you don't understand. If you read that contract, you won't understand it. Don't pay people a bunch of money for your money. It just doesn't make sense. Manage your business a little bit differently. Yeah, it's, it's really gets down to the lines of business too, right? I mean, e-com or service-based or staffing, like I did factoring when my staffing business was pretty large once upon a time, uh, based on, you know, payroll accrual for employees. And then because of that and the way the factoring worked, it was profitable because we were billing out hourly rates and we had employees and they needed to get paid fast. E-com, totally different model. Factoring, in my experience, would not apply very well uh, to this model. All the staffing companies do it. Well, we have to based on time, based on payments, based on employees, it's just almost a requirement unless you're really heavy cash laden to do that. Uh, plus, even if you are, it's more smart and, uh, to take the money anyways from some of these companies um, for, for business debt servicing, right? That's basically what we're talking about is how do we service that debt correctly? And what you're explaining is you obviously need to know your numbers. So whatever debt you take on is properly being serviced by the business while still maintaining a profit. But not just servicing the debt. Yeah. You, and not just, just main, maintaining um, a profit. You, you know, uh, I would imagine most of the people watching this want to grow their business. I've never started a, a, a company that I didn't want to grow like crazy. You know, I always want to grow fast. You know, the, the saying I, I love is, you know, I want to grow like a man whose hair is on fire searching for a pond. You know, think about Everybody that. Everybody wants that hyper growth situation. I want to grow on like that. You Tiger by the tail scenario, right? Exactly. But you can't grow if you're right. taking money out of your business every month and sending yeah. it to somebody else outside your business. Yeah, true story. True story. True story. So how do we get to the stage where there's opportunities for better capital, better management, better op better uh, styles of loan and, and what you're doing and how maybe it differentiates from what we're talking about right now? Yeah, I'm going to tell you how I started this. And I think it, I think it's important for this. It'll take a minute. Uh, you know, I was retired. I was out and uh, did a whole bunch of things in my career and I was done. But then a friend of mine who I hadn't spoken to in 20 years, we got together and he explained to me the Amazon world. I knew nothing, never heard of it, didn't know there were sellers, no, no idea. I assumed everything I bought came from Amazon. OK, so I learn about this. And one of the things I do, even when I'm retired, is I love helping people grow businesses and I love mentoring young people you know, anybody, but mainly young people. So I just love doing that. So I pictured myself in this industry, just helping tons of people grow businesses, helping mentor people all the time, which I do all the time. And uh, so I was just excited about it. So we decided we have lending backgrounds. Look, let's look at the competition. And we looked at everything and I, I did the analysis and I'm like, oh my God, I don't want any part of this. I literally don't want to be in the industry. And so my partner said to me, why, why don't we do something different? Why don't we partner with the sellers? What do you mean? So we brainstormed this idea. And, you know, like, how do you create an idea that's never been done before? And I've done it a few times in my career, but that's what we did here. We created something that's never been done. So what we do is we give the, the, the seller the money they need to grow. We don't charge them any interest. We don't charge them any fees. And we don't require monthly payments. We don't take any ownership in their business. They keep 100% of the company. And what we get is just a small percentage of profits for as long as they use our money. There's no term. So if they use our money for you know three months or two years or 10 years, it doesn't make a difference. It's totally up to them. They can pay us every month. They can pay us every, every six months. They can pay us whenever. 
We have clients that are, haven't paid us in over two years, but they're growing like this. And when they sell, we're going to get our money back plus whatever the accrued profits were. And they keep all the upside. 100%. That's where we were going to break this down because people are listening to this going, yeah, that sounds too good to be true, but how do you make your money? Like, how do you make, what's in it for you, Don? Yeah. I, I get this question a lot. What's in it for you? And as you know, our model, it's been to approach the market from a consultant performance basis so we get them out and to exit them. Um, that's yeah. our model. That's what I found attractive about what you initially talked to me about is because we are also working for that M&A. We're working for that growth. We're working for that exit. Yep. So let's break that down a little bit more so people understood what you just said because there was a lot you just sure. said very quickly. And and uh, this is great because you know your stuff. So if I heard you correctly, you're going to grow along with us. You're going to invest capital in more of a partner-like format without interest and fees or anything like that right. until such time as we see enough growth potential to exit the company. And when we do the exit, that's when you actually get paid back. Yes. Or, or we could get paid back before that. So we have plenty of clients okay. that, you know, use our money for, you know, six months. They don't make any payments, but then they have a slow, slow spot where they're flush with cash. It doesn't make sense to have money in the bank just sitting there. So they send money to us and that lowers our profit percentage. And so it, it, it's smart for them and it's good for us. So they don't pay interest on that money, if I heard you correctly. So that if they take, let's give a scenario, a real world basic scenario. I give you a thousand bucks from you. I give a thousand bucks from you in this basic example for small math minds. <laughs> and I'm hanging on to this. I go out and my product sells and I turn that into 3000. So now I got 2000 in cash setting aside, right? So I could pay you back that $1,000 with zero interest. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, but we'll get a percentage of that profit. So you get a percentage of the profit and where do we see that number usually show up? Is it based on the amount we took? Is it based on the amount of sales, the amount of volume? Where's that number and that percentage come from? Let me give it to you. So first off, I'm going to give you two things. I'm going to tell you how, what percentage we make, and I'll give it to you a high level in detail. It takes two seconds. And then I'm going to, I want, I want to just tell you exactly how we calculate profit because I think that's really important. So at a high level, this is the way it works. And this is the way we put this together, you know, in, in, in developing the whole idea. We, we give the seller money. They earn a hundred percent of the profit. This is the way the math works. Again, at a high level, they earn a hundred percent of the profit on their money, on their capital in the business. And they earn 50% of the, of the profit on our money. Okay. So we're in it to make money. We want them to be profitable. And then if they're profitable, we're profitable, which is fantastic. So the details. So uh, let me use let me use a quick example. You have twenty thousand dollars. We give you twenty thousand dollars. We're fifty fifty, right? So you let's say you're earning ten percent. So on your own, you're going to earn two thousand dollars. With us, we give you twenty thousand. You're going to earn another two thousand dollars. You know, at ten percent. So the way it would work, and we earn nothing for the first thirty days. So on your own, you earn two thousand. With us, you earn three thousand instead of two thousand, right? So the details are 20,000, 20,000. So we're 50% of the capital, right? 50, 50. Whatever percentage of the capital we represent, cut it in half. So we would get 25% of the profit that month. That's the most we'll ever go. So we would get 25% of the profit. So let's do the example. You, on your own, you earn 2,000. Together, you earn 4,000. You're getting 75%, 3,000. We get 25%, 1,000. That's the details. That's actually how it works. But it always works out that you earn 100% of the profit on your money and 50% of the profit on our money. Let me tell you what profit is, because it's important. So profit is 
the gross revenue from Amazon, less all your cost of cost of goods sold, less all the Amazon fees, including PPC. It doesn't include your car loans or you know anything else. It's just what we can see in the Amazon system. So your revenue less your cost of goods sold, which is your total cost of goods sold, everything, and then less all the Amazon fees, including PPC. That's profit. Very understandable. Thank you for breaking that down for me. And then, yes, it is very understandable. It doesn't sound like there's any fuzzy uh, there's not. math in there. <laughs> you, you know, you know. Initially, initially, we had fees. You know, when we first okay. started, we thought it would make sense. You know, we should earn some fees for all our you know convoluted reasons. And after like the first month, I went to my partners and I said, "Guys, it just seems like we're hiding something if we're earning fees. I don't want anything. I want people to look at this as it's so clean." There's nowhere else that they can make money. And that's that's what it is. We only make money when you make money. The biggest question I got asked at Prosper, five times people came to me and said, because again, it sounds too good to be true, right? All right, let me ask you a question. This is the exact question five different people asked me with different numbers. I borrowed $10,000 from you. I earn no profit for five months. What do I owe you? $10,000. And they're like, Really? I go, yeah, there's, there's no penalty. There's no fee. There's no nothing. That's it. This is, some people call it the rich uncle program because it's like if you had a rich <laughs> uncle and you went, and You're you went rich. to your rich, yeah, you went to your rich uncle and said, Hey, I want to borrow money from you, but I don't want to yeah. pay you back or I'll pay you back whenever I feel it's right. I don't want any interest. I don't want any, any, any uh, fees and I don't want to sign a personal guarantee. And no, I'm not going to give you any percentage of my company. He'd, he'd throw you out of the house. <laughs> If he was smart. Yeah. So it, when there's one thing I caught a minute ago, maybe I didn't understand, but let's break it up um, a little bit. So up to the 25%, it sounds to me, and unless I'm mistaken, that I need to be at a certain level of revenue and profitability and potentially net profit in the business to really make sure that fee, uh, that, that potential up to 25% potential wouldn't match or take away all of my profit. Did I, did I get that wrong? Or I want to make sure I'm getting that clear. It can't take away your profit because you remember at a high level, you're earning 100% of the profit on your money. Use the $2,000, the $20,000 example. You on your own, you earn 2,000. With us, you earn 3,000. You increase your profit and your uh, ROI by 50%. So the real goal I'm here is not necessarily, if I'm hearing you correctly, the real goal isn't you month by month or even, you know, quarter by quarter profit splits, if you will, are taking profit from them. The real goal I heard you state here is to get them past certain growth stages that would normally hinder them from actually reaching a point where the business is profitable enough to exit. Yeah, exactly. We want them to grow like like crazy. So I'll, can I give you a quick example? Sure, go ahead. All right. And it's just one I saw today. That's the reason why it's in my head. And I, I, I know the seller. He's, he's a wholesale model and a great guy. And he came to us in January. In December, just to put it in perspective, the size of the company, in December, his net profit was less than $1,500. All right. Uh, we gave him $25,000. The 1500 was that uh, biweekly or was that as like monthly or For what was that? The month profit? of December. For the month, entire month, 1500 The profit. entire Got month. Okay. You know, small, small seller. Okay. Yep. We gave him 25 grand. The next month he came back and he took out another 50,000. And again, it's kind of fresh in my mind because I just saw the screen. Then he came the next month, took out another 50. Then he took 25 and then 30, not too long ago. So what did he do? He was he had plenty of products to buy that were profitable. 
He just didn't have the capital. So he used the 25, built the business, came for more, built the business, came for more, kept building. So in December, he earned less than $1,500 net profit. This past month, his net profit was just a hair under 44000 It was 4399 something. $44,000. I mean, think of that. I mean, in six months, not bad. Yeah, not bad. That's fantastic. You got to, you just got to love things like that. Uh, Our very first clients uh, and uh, a couple that were retired and they lost their retirement and they came to us. It's just an interesting, same, same number of $25,000. And this is three years ago, but for 18 months, while they grew from literally very, very small, where they had $9,000 of, of profit in a year, the next year it was 90 some odd thousand. The following year it was 150,000 net profit. Uh, but in 18 months of using our money to grow, they never made a payment. They just used the money to grow and they built it to the point where now they had the income that they replaced their retirement with their Amazon business. So they stopped taking more money from us. They paid us down. All right. Over like a few months, I called them. I said, it looks like you guys are going to pay us off. And they said, no, we're just flush with cash right now. As you said, it makes no sense to leave it in the banks. So we're paying you guys down. And in a couple of months, we're coming back for a little bit more money because we want to grow again. So they've grown a bit, but they don't want to grow like by leaps and bounds. It's retirement business now for them. And so they still use our money. And like they said, you know, it'd be stupid not to use the money. <laughs> That's that was in their opinion. And, and I agree with them. But God, you know, it's just fantastic to see these kinds of things happen. Yeah. Now, these are were those both wholesale examples or was the second one a private label? The second one was uh, wholesale. It was wholesale with a, with a little bit of RA in there as well. Got it. And I would assume I'm going to assume, but I'll ask the question. It doesn't really matter between the private label and the wholesale model, frankly, at the end of the day. Right. You know, what we find and this is this is very fascinating. I think you'll find is from a, a net ROI perspective uh, over this past year, wholesale and private label label have been basically equal. So private label earns a much higher ROI, but a much slower turn time. So they're turning their products, you know, two, three times a year and wholesale is turning with a lower uh, ROI, but they're turning it, you know, four times, five times a year. Different, slightly different model. Sure. It comes out the same. And we have most of our clients are private label. Are they? Okay, that's good to know. Yeah. I'm just curious because most of my the folks who are listening to this most likely are going to be private label. Uh, some of them may be doing wholesale, but are moving yeah. towards private label, you know, uh, for, for a lot of the reasons. ROI is one Absolutely. big one. We can usually increase our profit potential greater. And of course, we have more control over the brand presentation uh, and totally the upside agree. potential of that. At uh, least 80% label. of our clients are private label. At least 80%. That's good to know. Maybe that's 90 Have I asked you, uh, have I missed any questions in those scenarios that I should, uh, I should be asking that I'm not thinking of? Nothing that I can think of. You know, it's all success based. That's it. Yeah. Let me go back to the guy with the wholesale who's doing 40,000 a month now, starting at 1500 in December. So in six months, he's raised 1500 in profit to 40, just over 40,000, you said, if I heard you correctly, uh, in profit per month. And if I heard you correctly, doing math in my head very fast, which is sort of dangerous, he's around 150,000 in capital takes because you mentioned he took 25, then he took another 50, then he took, I think, another 25, another 50, another 30. I think we're uh, in was, for 180 right now, actually. So he's in for about 180, okay, yeah. uh, making 40,000. So what would he actually owe you and when would he owe you? Just to follow that train of thought through to like, you know, when he could capitalize or take capital uh, or give capital back, I guess. Yeah. So, you know, let's say over this period of time, we were earning very, very little with him because it was small. 
this last month we did well. And, and you know, because he did really, really well. Uh, if he has a bad month this month, we have a bad month this month. And when does he owe us money? Whenever he finally, he, he wants to, he's not going to want to. He's, this is a young guy, he's 23 years old and he's grown by leaps and bounds. And that's his goal. He uh, opened up some new relationships recently I know about, and they're fantastic relationships and he's going to keep growing. I think what he'll end up doing, he's going to hit a million dollars in revenue this year. Uh, it's, it's fast revenue or sales this year. Uh, Easily, without question. But what I think is going to happen with him is that he's going to get to maybe the end of this year and next year start saying, all right, I have a ton of capital now, a ton of cash, and he's got us behind him. He can now open up a private label business and start building that private label business. He's got the cash flow engine that he doesn't have to think a hell of a lot about and now go private label and, and build something that you can sell. Well, I'll be looking forward to speaking with him when that time comes. Oh, uh, absolutely. I would, <laughs> I would love to introduce him to you. Total plug. All right. Um, so as we come out, we're going to wrap this up here in just a minute, but I appreciate you letting me grill you through questions and just kind of getting through these scenarios. I think one of the last things I sort of have in mind here, if you don't mind me asking about, you know, contracts or anything that you have in place sure. uh, from an obligation perspective, um, you know, obviously you're in it to win it, which is cool. And you're in it for the sale of the business, which is really great because it follows very similar to the way Voltage has its model in place. Yep. What kind of contracts would I be obligated to? What kind of paper do I have to sign with you? What kind of, you know, things are we going to get between us paper wise to do this kind of deal? Yeah, great question. So what we do is uh, 90%, maybe more than that, of the clients that we work with are LLCs. And so we have uh, some that are corporations, but almost all are LLCs. So I'll keep it simple. What we do is we become a member in their LLC. All right. So we have a new operating agreement. We're a member of their LLC. Does it mean we own their LLC? Here's what we did. We came up with something very creative because we didn't want to own the business. And how do you do that? So we came, this is what we came up with. Let's create two classes of membership. The equity member, which is the seller. They own a hundred percent of the business and the private, uh, the profit share member, which is us. All we own, if you want to say own, is a percentage of profits based upon the calculation that we talked about. That's it. So as soon as they give us our money back, everything is done. They owe us nothing. We own nothing. They can eject you as the member, right? You have no voting right. It's just common. We have nothing. And, and literally, and if they came back to us in 30 days, and again, we don't earn any profit for the first 30 days, they come back to us in 30 days and say, hey, Don, uh, I'm not comfortable with this, so whatever it might be. Uh, I'm, I want out. Give us our money back. We are out. There's no, there's no penalty. There's no 30 day notice. There's no 90 day notice. You know, I, I hate all that stuff. Well, I mean, that's, that's why I'm asking the questions because all of these other arrangements always come and I've done deals and we've raised capital. I know how this all goes. It all comes with all these other finite stipulations behind all the paperwork that has to be done to make this kind of stuff work. I did not want to come out of retirement for something that everybody's done forever. What we created is something that's never been done before. And we tried to do it proper. We tried, like, you know, one of our first clients said something along the lines of, I just remember the last part of his statement was, and it's eminently fair. And I'm like, well, you're right. It is fair. It's, that's what we tried to create. I want it to be fair to both parties. And if you do really well, we're going to do really well. We could do better than a bank. God bless us. Yeah, that's no, great. I, the terms very, 
very much uh, sound better than a banking or a traditional loan uh, or traditional lending or even credit lines yeah. uh, as opportunities for growth. Uh, Don, how long have you been doing this? Like you said, you came out of retirement. How long have you been into this uh, model? Three years. Three, Three years. years. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, just love it. Hate it. Glad you got out of retirement. You know, I loved retirement. I, I didn't plan on being retired. I just took a break. I, you know, so got out of another business and I, um, you know, just took time off as I've done a few times in my career. And it seems like every time I do that, I start a new business. And this time I was dead certain I'm not doing it because after five years, you know, you kind of get in, you know, in your ways, you know, you know, the travel, <laughs> yeah. the fun, the, the whole bit yeah. and getting back yeah. into the grind of a business is it takes a lot. And truthfully, though, now I am the busiest person, you know, that you can imagine. I don't like to be proud about that. I like to be away from it and think about things. But, you know, as a small business, as you're growing a business, whatever it is, you got to have your hands in the pie. You got to take out the garbage. You got to be willing to do everything. This kid that I was telling you about, this young man, 23 years old, you know what he did? He, and he told me his story. Uh, he ended up, he had a problem where he just about lost the business. And he ended up, you know, staying in the business and then coming coming to us to grow the business. And he ended up giving up his apartment, giving up all the amenities that he had in his life, lives in his warehouse with his girlfriend. Yeah, because as he said to me, Don, I'm totally in. I want to grow this like wild. And I have a plan to do it. I just don't have the money. And he's doing it. That's dedication. That's I appreciate dedication. that. That is dedication. I love that. And I've told people there's, you know, what are you willing to do to get this business off the ground is one of the questions I ask folks. And you can see the dedication level, what they're willing to do. And sometimes we get locked into life and it's really hard to get out of the house, the car, the kids, the wife, whatever it is that's making it difficult to make that really big shift or the W-2 or the job or even another business that got started where now you just made it into a job and you're like, ah, crap. Right. People go to me and like, I got to get out of this business. I'm like, well, you're your own boss. And it's like, yeah, but it's sucking 80 hours a week out of my life. Yeah. Um, well, for some period of job. time you that you might have to do that, but not forever. Well, it's a matter of choice. There's victim and there's enabled, right? And, yep. and you know, that ties into whether I've got a scarcity mindset or an abundance mindset. Right? I agree. Um, and you are definitely someone I feel has an abundance mindset. And what were you yeah. doing before a crew? Like, uh, me, what were you, you said you retired from what? What did you retire from? Well, I've done a whole bunch of things in my career from uh, building a financial planning company, building uh, multiple mortgage companies, created a, mo- a mortgage broker franchise, another industry that's never been done before and sold that 18 months after I started it. Uh, created an entertainment company, did eight feature length films with the biggest name stars like Tom Cruise and Natalie Portman. We created. Wait, were you the Top Gun guy? Was Top Gun your deal? <laughs> no, I wish, man. I wish. Uh, <laughs> uh, but but we, we created and produced the Broadway show Rock of Ages, which ended up as the 26th longest running play of all time. I bought and sold 300 houses in 18 months, every one of them for a profit. I just did a whole bunch of different things. A publishing company. My kids were young. I I took some time off. I started, I love being on the fields with the kids. So I started a soccer publishing company. Eight, uh, about 12 months later, I sold that. You know, it's just, uh, I just end up doing things. So I've done a whole bunch of different things, but really mortgage was my main career where I made most of my money in my career. Well, thank you for coming on and sharing that with us, sharing your experience and giving us some more intricate, you know, intimate details of this uh, particular world of finance uh, and explaining it very well so I could understand it. So if I can ah. get it, hopefully everybody else who's listening here uh, can figure it out as well. And thank you so much. Hey, guys, there's My show pleasure. notes and things in here. We'll put in a link for it so you guys can get connected with Dawn. 
We'll be talking about this more inside of our private, you know, private mentoring group and stuff later uh, as we share this out. But uh, hey, I'm honored that you came on. Thank you for spending some time with me. Don. Hey, Neil, can I th throw one more thing out there? Yeah, please do. You know, uh, I don't mind people reaching out to me and, uh, you know, on LinkedIn, my it's under my full name, Donald Hennig, H-E-N-I-G. You reach out to me, you know, I, I respond to everybody. So, you know, it's, I hate when I go on LinkedIn and, you know, so you, you reach out to somebody, and they don't respond. I, that's not who I am. If I can help you in any way, whether you come to a crew me or not, I will help you. That's just the way it is. So feel free. Uh, I love to hear stories too. I appreciate you letting us know. My pleasure. Thank you. I appreciate it, Neil. If you like this episode, please share it with people you think will enjoy it as well. Thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next week for a brand new episode of High Voltage Business Builders.